0: Indeed, indeed. Small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. Indeed is the number one job site on the planet. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash AMR. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31, 2020. Get your coffee going fast. Save time brewing French press with a subscription to the daily grind. No measuring, just exceptionally fresh small batches delivered to your door. Get 20% off at PressHouseCoffee.com with promo code AMR20 at checkout. Struggling to sleep? You're not alone. If you're not sleeping enough, it can affect your learning, problem-solving, and decision-making during the day. Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at Calm.com.amr. amr Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Ellison Wiest. Hello, Ellison. Hello, Sarah. Good to hear your voice. Oh, you as well. And unfortunately, not only are you not here in studio, but you are not in Oregon anymore. You are coming to us live from South Carolina. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we moved here about... Six weeks ago, I guess we did the cross-country trip with dog, and uh, uh-huh. that took us four days. And uh, now we're living in the house I grew up in, actually. Oh my gosh! Uh,
0: with um, our daughter and two soon-to-be three grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. What is it like to live in your childhood home? Like, do you do you ever feel like if time wasn't a continuum, there would be like a little four-year-old Ellison and 15-year-old Ellison?
1: <laughs> it's odd. Um, people, uh, you know, of my two younger brothers, my youngest brother has a great affinity for this house. I uh, It was built in 1963, and I'm one of those snobs that thinks if a house uh, – you know, was built after 1940. It's it's no good, <laughs> or it's new, <laughs> uh, a new too new. Um, so it's odd. I don't really have this great, you know, great uh, passion for it, and yet I see how much it means to my daughter and my grandchildren. You know, my granddaughter Kennedy is sleeping in my childhood bedroom, and that Aww. that does uh, that does sort of. Uh, Feel good to me, but otherwise it's just getting, uh, you know, reaccustomed to the weather Mm -hmm. and also uh, different
0: when you're running
1: in this area.
0: Yeah, yeah. So before you broke your toe by um, slinging it into a, a chest in the middle of the night, right? Oh, wake right. up, you know.
1: Right. I was like, wait a minute. I'm in my Oregon bed. Oh no, I'm not in my Oregon bedroom. Things uh, are a little bit different. Um, oh yeah, goodness. I did manage to go uh, running three times, and. The pros are that we live in a, a, a city, Aiken, South Carolina, that's very horse-centric. It has a mm. lot of polo fields. Uh, there are a lot of people uh, that come down here in the winter because th- they want to ride their horses in a good climate, and so there are a lot of dirt roads uh, very mm. close to the house, and we live in the middle of town, so, you know, it's easy on the knees, um, mm. but People are not as accustomed to runners, so especially Mm -hmm. if you're on a road road, you Mm -hmm. need to be very conscious of drivers. Uh, People aren't accustomed to seeing, they're used to seeing more runners now than when I left here, you know, back in the 90s, but Mm -hmm. um, you still have to be much, much more cognizant of drivers.
0: Wow, and so no sidewalks? There are
1: sidewalks. Uh, The sidewalks, however, are, I would have to say, not as in good shape as what what we were accustomed to in Portland. Um, (laughs) Uh And so I just find it easier to go uh, either down in the woods, we're literally about a quarter of a mile from uh, woods that have great trails, or um, over, you know, over, I just cross the main road here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say Maine very loosely and uh, then go up on these um, uh, sort of very red clay, clay dirt roads.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, because you also yep. did, you here in Portland even, sometimes you didn't have good luck with the sidewalks, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, I I did. I have the scars to prove it. <laughs> yeah, you uh, are. Yeah, I, think, I think hearing your tales is one of the things that, that drove me into the running in the road because... Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I still remember the time I was running, you know, with my BFF and BRF uh, friend, Monica, mm-hmm. and I took a real dive yeah. and went down hard, but it was in the middle of like a, I think it was a 12 or 14 mile run. And I just sort of did the, yeah, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, after kind of rolling around and pain, and we, I totally kind of forgot about it. And we went to a Starbucks afterwards and I went up to order in the, person looking at me with this, you know, horror on their face, and I didn't realize how much I was just
0: Ma'am, do you I know? need to call an ambulance? Uh-
1: right. right. You know, I thought, there's something in my nose, and oh, I got eye do. you know. Just, nope. Yeah, so sidewalks, and uh, you're right, you're right. I think you witnessed a couple of face plants, or almost face yeah. plants. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm hmm yeah. Yeah. So um but yeah, I think the, the regional difference for whether drivers are just kind of on the alert for runners. I, I definitely you know, having grown up in Connecticut and and having to dodge more than my fair share of cars and and just I think out here in Well, on the West Coast in general, there's a sensibility that people are out doing active things. And I think that's true in, uh, you know, certain parts of the country, Um, you know, I would think like the Twin Cities or something like that, such an active community. Drivers just kind of get used to being like, okay, there might be cyclists, there might be runners, walkers, you know, people on ellipticos, whatever it is. Um, (laughs) Another adventure. Yeah. Yeah and you know you don't really realize how lucky you
1: are until you get to another spot and I remember mm-hmm. coming here on on vacation and mm-hmm. you know having to be more alert to it mm-hmm. but
0: mm-hmm. I remember the um, um the first time I um, I spent I think you know this I spent my senior fall of college on the west coast at a school called Mills College which is in Oakland Right Oakland California and so coming from the east coast I've been to the west coast I guess twice before that point I've been to California twice before that and just it never grew old to step into a crosswalk and have cars just stop immediately yeah. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes I would do it just to yank their change just to like see it hey you guys watch this watch this I want to put one foot on the stripe <laughs> and they'll stop they'll stop <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I used to do that all the time, you know, to go into crosswalks sort of heedlessly. And I would say to Carl, Mm. I've got the right of way. And Carl would say, that's going to look really nice on your tombstone, honey. (laughs) (laughs) She had the right of way.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, Yeah. Yeah, So uh, definitely. And I think, I think that, um, I think as the country becomes a little more, people move a lot more. I think regional differences perhaps are diminishing somewhat, you know, that if you get right. No, like I think of, you're right. You know, like um, East coasters down or, you know, kind of North and Easterners going down to Florida, then the way people drive in Florida changes a little and, you know, snowbirds going to Arizona and all that kind of stuff. So it, it changes, but yeah, yeah. Well, I I ran past your house this morning. Um <laughs> <and> I, <laughs> it was it was raining this morning and um but my gosh, after last week's um yes, filled air. Yes. I'm like Hallelujah. Uh, I'm outside. Bring it on. Yes. Yeah. So, and it was, it's, it was pretty warm. So I was, I was pleased to have, you know, um, the, uh, the cooling effect of the rain. So that was nice. So oh, but, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm hoping another couple
1: of weeks I can start walking again and then, mm-hmm. uh, running. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm reading and, uh, if it's okay, I'll quickly mention two books that I'm reading. And, oh, yes, uh, yes, would recommend. Yeah. Well, I just finished uh, the new one by Isabel Wilkerson, Cast. Oh, yes. uh uh-huh. oh. Fabulous. Oh, I mean, good. I didn't think she could top her debut, "The Warmth of Other Suns," but cast is amazing, uh, fantastic, and so I highly recommend that for good nonfiction. Yeah. And then I went in the other direction, far in the other direction, <laughs> and picked up a, a young adult sort of flash, you know, for adults also called "American Royals" uh-huh. by Catherine McGee. and you'll love the premise. The premise is. What if George Washington did agree to become king of the United States? So this takes us into modern times, and the Washington family is living in the Washington palace. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) yeah, Yeah, and it's, you know, it's definitely chewing gum, you know, reading all the way. But I have to say it's kind of entertaining and a, and a nice switch. Uh, oh, so wow. apper- apparently the second, the second installment just came out. So uh, oh, if, if, if you're looking for just sort of a, man, I just want to put everything else out of my mind, uh, then uh-huh. American Royals
2: is for you.
0: Oh, good, good, good. Well, I'm, <laughs> I will uh, link to both those books in the show notes, and I know you and I are both busy reading uh for the winter yes. reading episode because we are doing it yes. earlier this year it's going to air the day after thanksgiving everybody so mark your calendars um that'll be yes, yes. yeah that'll be the next time Allison joins me and and um, you are scooting because you live in a multi-generational house. You got a, got a couple things yep. to do, but I really I've got a couple of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate you taking the time and, and, um, but I will, um, I'll queue up the episode before you head out. And the, um, part of the reason we were talking about the regional differences about running is, For the longest time, I've wanted to do an episode to talk to three just kind of, quote unquote, real mother runners, one urban, one suburban, and one rural, and and talk about the differences in running in each settings. Um, It's just the, I don't know, the more I think about it, the more intrigued I get to to learn about these differences. So um, I hope everybody else will find it interesting as well. So um, as I mentioned, I'll be back solo after this break. And um, great talking with you, Allison. I miss you so much. You uh same here. Love to all. Indeed, indeed. Being efficient is more critical, whether in your workout, doing housework, or in the work world. You can go further and have more time to thrive when you are efficient. This is especially true when hiring for your small business or getting rehired. Indeed can help boost efficiency in the work sphere. Indeed.com is the number one job site on the planet because Indeed gets you the best people fast. just like they have for more than 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with free $75 credit at Indeed.com AMR. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com AMR. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31, 2020. Many of us need a cup of coffee to greet the day, and if you're a morning runner, you're looking to be stealth and speedy in your coffee prep, making the Daily Grind from Press House Coffee extra awesome. The Daily Grind is a no-nonsense way to enjoy French press every day. Ten perfectly portioned pouches of coffee for your French press are shipped to your door at a time. No fiddling with grind settings, no scales or experimentation necessary. Just rip it, dump it, pour it. Oh, and no noisy grinder means the junior, or furry, members of your household aren't disturbed, letting you slip out the door more easily. In addition to being convenient, the Daily Grind is eco-friendly. For every four empty bags you send back to be recycled, you get rewarded with one free, full pouch. Each used bag is recycled or upcycled into functional items. It's another reason to never reach for a single-serve plastic pot again. Select any Press House coffee for the Daily Grind. Transitioning into fall, the current favorite in our household is aptly Harvest Blend, with delightful hints of crisp apple and sweet citrus. It's made from organic beans from Congo and Ethiopia. Right now, you can get 20% off a Daily Grind subscription at PressHouseCoffee.com by using promo code AMR20 at checkout. That's PressHouseCoffee.com and code AMR20 for 20% off a Daily Grind subscription. PressHouseCoffee.com, AMR20. Around AMR Parts, we believe firmly in the restorative abilities of sleep. A good night's sleep is one of the most powerful ways to improve your overall health and happiness. When you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel and function better in every facet of your life. But as almost all of us sadly know, it can be tough to fall and stay asleep. (sighs) The Sleep Whisperer, Calm, the app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. Calm has an entire library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and more than a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices, including Nick Offerman, Kelly Rowland, and Lucy Liu. Even Harry Styles does one. I've been a devotee of Calm app for about a year and a half. I use the Calm app so often, I put it on the first page of my iPhone apps. My bedtime favorite is soundscapes. Listening to birds' Twitter, wind blowing, and a burbling brook helps my mind release the day's concern and drift off to the land of Nod. Heck, sometimes when my stress surges during the workday, I listen to a soundscape. More than 85 million people around the globe use Calm to aid their outlook and get better sleep. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com/amr. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com/amr. C-A-L-M dot slash A-M-R. Calm slash A-M-R. Our first guest is Aubrey Fiore. Aubrey is a physical therapist and assistant professor for a uh, physical therapy school. She and her family with two school-age kids live in the heart of Chicago, which is a city of more than 2.5, pe- 2.5 million people. Perhaps you've heard of it. Um, so um, she immediately popped to mind to be the urban runner because I had the pleasure of getting to know Aubreen in 2015 when she helped us so much at our booth at the Chicago Marathon Expo. She was invaluable. So, so glad you could join the show, Aubreen.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me,
0: Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your running background.
2: Um, So I started really in 2012 after my mom had passed away Hmm. and I used um, originally Jeff Galloway actually hired him to be my coach not like just his plan oh look at you um (laughs) and then um i progressed and found amr and how to work podcasts in 2012 Mm -hmm. and fell in love with running really after heart rate training before that i was like i liked it it was good to get out get away from the kids but Mm -hmm. uh, heart rate training really made me love it
0: nice nice and like what's your favorite race distance how often you know, in normal times, do you race that sort of thing?
2: My, <laughs> my favorite um, distance is probably the 10 miler because it's just a little bit more that you have to train for. It's not so easy that you can't do any training, but it's not, doesn't like wipe you out. So, yep, yep, and then yep. um, I usually am running maybe three to four times a week. Um, and when I'm racing, I really enjoy racing. Summer, I do a lot of it. Um, okay. unfortunately right now it's, um, virtual racing, but we just did the AMR race series. So it was very fun to have a team and do the relay race.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So for people who aren't super familiar with Chicago, describe where you live and run, please.
2: So I live in downtown Chicago proper. I am just a few blocks South of the loop itself and all the high rises that you would see if you were flying into the city, um, and I run pretty much anywhere in the city that's loop to the south, or I meet one of my um, best running friends, Marie, up on the north side, and I, but I prefer the lakefront trail and the museum campus.
0: Yeah, that's why I was going to ask because um, I lived in Chicago temporarily when my husband Jack and I were first dating. I think I've told you that, and and so and he was about four blocks from Lake Michigan and that amazing lakeside trail. It's where I trained for my first marathon. So, how far are you from from the lake and the trail?
2: So, from the door to the actual trail itself, it's about seven blocks, but it's mm. four streets to the path entrance from my house.
0: Oh, nice, nice, nice um and what do you like about running in a city
2: the endless options and sites that you can see um, all the varied amounts of uh, detail that i have and um, with distance and figuring it out like it's so easy because the city's such a grid that you can <laughs> be like okay this is how many miles i need to do this is how many blocks i need to go um and i also just love being near the lake and the water Mm-hmm. something about it can be the even the river too but the the lake really draws me i love it
0: mm-hmm. right, right 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 you have both um bodies of water so yeah i find there's something um just so pleasant about running along water the i don't know the quality of the air and everything so
2: yeah yeah and there's and there's beaches too like you can go and kind of listen to the water lapping too and run near all that so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i really mm-hmm.
0: enjoy that so one thing I love about running in Portland is all the quirky, intriguing little things I see on a run, like murals and wishing trees, which, believe it or not, I could like do a loop to see several wishing trees and you know, without going more than four or five miles. So do you find the same to be true in the Windy City?
2: Oh my gosh, absolutely. There are so many murals. Even within one straight block, there might be you know, 10 or 15 different ones. Mm-hmm. Um and even with everything with the plywood boarded up shops, people even creating beautiful murals on those. Um, and like the those knitting things. Um like, <laughs>
0: yeah, we bonded over the, the knitting that we each see on our runs. <laughs>
2: yeah, like I had never seen that before. So it started off with like the knitted tree trunks mm-hmm. and all of the just different colors and making them look like a rainbow or a pattern. Mm-hmm. And it has really progressed like outside the tea and coffee shop by my house. There's one that's a teacup, um, with like all different patterns and that's on a railing. Um, oh. they've created it to be a kind of part of the tea and coffee shop. And then those big like balls that you might see out of like a shop, like target that are kind of like barricades. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. knitting that makes them look like soccer balls. <laughs> <laughs> Just Like it, people are so creative. I'm, I would have never thought to make anything like that. Um, And even yards. So there are houses and not just condos within the city, but there's people that have actual homes with yards as well. Mm -hmm. And there's some really elaborate yard decorations and Mm -hmm. um, funky things that people have. And even just the way that they trim like their hedges and Mm -hmm. trees. Like I know that there's definitely that in Portland, but um, in Chicago it's there's also neighborhoods where they'll
0: make them look like a pumpkin Nice. nice. Topiary. We like it. A little <laughs> yeah. Edward Scissorhands action. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So with seemingly endless choices on where to run, how do you decide your route? Because for me, it's often um, I do what Molly calls the Mo Money route, which means where I'm going to find the most found change. So like on a Sunday morning, I'll specifically go down one um, you know, um, commerce street so that hopefully, you know, some, some drunks uh, had holes in their pockets or something the night before when they come out of a bar. So, um, so, you know, or maybe it's a site I want to see. So how do you decide where you're going to run on a given day?
2: So usually it depends on the training goal or, um, what the weather conditions are. Like if it's mm. snow or ice, the lakefront path is almost always plowed. So mm. You don't even need um, your spikes except for to be able to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Or if I need to do hills, there is a sledding hill that you can actually run up. Um, (laughs) It's right next to Soldier Field. Um, And and it's free and it's just open to the public, so you can do your hill training on there. Uh Um, There's also the bridges to get over the train tracks that bring um, the trains, people in from the city. The -hmm. bridges have to go a little bit high, so they have a good angle, so I Mm -hmm. do that for my um, hill training. Uh, Chicago is pretty flat.
0: Pretty, pretty, pretty (laughs) flat. I remember on the, um, the lakefront there, didn't there used to be a dump, um, a literal city dump. And so now they've kind of built a little, they built it up. And so there's just what I would even, I would just call it a rise. And people are like, oh, do you run over that hill where there used to be a dump? I'm like, um, I guess if you want to call that a hill, okay. Uh.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, if anybody has run the Chicago marathon, they, they call it the, um, the Mount um, Roosevelt to go up like that last (laughs) little bit. It's not a real hill hill, but when you've run flat for so long, it feels like a mountain going up near the (laughs) end. And so some people will even do that as like a little bit of hill training, but that's not quite enough. That's about as, as hilly as we get in Chicago. Um, So that that's one of the different training things, or if I need speed, I'll pick a flat area, but I also like to pick, Areas that have more asphalt because we're so h- concrete heavy.
1: That oh, yeah.
2: That can really kind of pound on your um, joints. Yeah. So, finding either the trail, which the lakefront trail, they moved from the last time that you were here, they made more of the bike path the asphalt. Oh. And the runners are on the cement down closer to the water.
0: That's no good.
2: <laughs> it's no good. So, almost everybody <laughs> ignores it. <but>, yeah, right. <laughs> um, But if you're like, oh, I want to follow the rules or it's heavy biking because with everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, having different varied hours and a lot Mm -hmm. of more people getting outdoors for their exercise, there's a lot Mm -hmm. more people on the trails. Mm -hmm. So I'll go by the museum campus and they're not allowing parking right now and they have it blocked off and you can Mm -hmm. run up and down the streets and that's Mm -hmm. all nice and, and paved. So that's good for speed. And then for long runs, I think about like, what do I want to see and do? Where am I going to avoid maybe some crowds right now? And then Mm. definitely money. Like if it's a if it's a weekend, I'm like, where where have the people been? Like where was the event? Was there any events? Was there like like during like Bears games? Like you know, I would think about okay, Monday morning, I need to get out there and go by the parking lots and run the parking lots, or um, you know, like the grocery store parking lot before they get out there to sweep it. Like there's so many places to find money, which I just I didn't even. Once you start to find it and actually see it, you can't unsee it anymore. Oh, like you're able to just pick it up, but it's just learning to train your eyes to see the money.
0: <laughs> it is so true. And I'm, I'm just laughing because you and I, um, you know, tweeted each other a lot about hashtag found change. And um, it is true that, you know, so many people are always like, I don't get it, Sarah. I don't see any money when I run. I'm like, no, no, no. When, like you said, once you start seeing it, then you see it. And I'm convinced sometimes that like that there's something actually optic happening because I can spot one penny. And then when I stop to pick that up, I look back and it's like suddenly pennies are materializing on the pavement that I've already run past. I'm like, wait, those weren't there before. And now they are like, how's that happening?
2: <laughs> exactly. Like when I first found my first found change like hearing you and Molly talk about it oh. and then saying like, you have to stop and look around there.
0: It is Mm -hmm. so true. You
2: definitely have to stop and just look around and see what else you're missing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that on a Sunday, found two pennies. And then I could hear in my mind, Molly, because she wasn't with me, saying, you know, saying, look around, look around from Hamilton. And there was a dime that I had missed. So, yes, yes. So, well, Chicago has so much beautiful public art. So, do you ever go on like a touristy route to see sculptures and architecture, for instance?
2: So, Previously, I hadn't done so much, but then mm-hmm. with, you know, with people being um, not not coming out to Chicago as much to the tour season has been <laughs> lower, I mm-hmm. was like, let me get out and see everything, and right now, there is um, these statue stories, and oh. they are amazing. Um, you can go up to almost any statue, and there's a, I'll have to send you the thing for it, but. Where you can go and find like the routes that you can take for running and follow along and go to all the different statues and there's a little like link that you can scan your phone or you can just take a picture Mm -hmm. and they'll play an entire um, story about what's the history behind this art piece why is the area important maybe who created it It's just really pretty cool because you're getting some art history at the same time
0: i love that type of stuff oh my gosh i mean because I definitely stop when there's a big sign, you know, that will talk about, you know, oh, what, the, what this area meant to the Native Americans and, you know, how it was, you know, um, you know, the, the fish that were in the river or whatever it was, you know, and I'm like, oh, yes, tell me more, tell me more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so let's pretend there's no pandemic um, and you have to pee mid-run or need to re- refill your water bottle. Do you just pop into a convenience store or Starbucks?
2: So normally when everything is open, the lakefront path has actual bathrooms all along at different spots with water bottles, I mean Mm -hmm. water fountains, Mm -hmm. and then I would just fill my water bottle there, but right now most of the park district buildings are closed, Um, some of them are open, and there is one water fountain that is on near the museum campus. Nice. Otherwise, every, but nobody knows about it. Everything is all turned off right
0: until, now. Until now, they didn't know about until it. Until now.
2: <laughs> now, it's the one, it's the green ones right near the 12th Street Beach. Um, in case
1: anybody was wondering.
2: But so right now, I've had to be kind of creative, like going to a grocery store, or um, if you have a museum membership, you can oh. um, scooch into the members only and then go right to the bathrooms, which have you, I've also... Have you done that? Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like, Planetarium is the easiest one because it doesn't have as many um, member lines, and they're not as strict with like needing the the time. If you're just like, I'm a member and I need to go to the bathroom, uh-huh. um, they're they're okay with it because you're not going to be within the museum. Uh-huh. Um, I've done definitely also done the Shedd Aquarium because they have lockers, uh-huh. and so if you either want to change clothes because you're going out somewhere quick, or you you know realize you brought too much, or you need to uh-huh. grab more water later on, like you want to have kind of staged. Oh, look at you You can go into the shut aquarium and put that stuff into a locker and then just, it's all, it's keyless. So it's pretty easy.
0: That is so clever. Did you figure that out on your own or did another runner tell you that?
2: No, I just, I was like, what am I going to do? Cause you always hear about people like, Oh, I left that with my friend or my friend left something out. And when I was in Florida, you like, yeah, I could do that in our neighborhood. But in the city, it's like, if you leave something somewhere, you don't know. It's gonna be there when you get back. So <laughs> you either have to make like the same loop, which is to me like that's just too boring sometimes. So
1: yeah, yeah,
2: um, I like a, a varied path. So that kind of gives you a way to have a different training plan and see some different things.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's um, a the, fight. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, and I said, or the like the library you can oh. do too. Like the libraries are open.
0: So. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've, I guess I've never thought to use the light in the in normal times. It never occurred to me to use. Of the library, but I'm laughing at you um, being like, "Oh, you can't just like leave your jacket, you know, tied around something, no, you know, because because no. I have done that. I mean, you know, when I like when I'd run near my in-laws in upstate New York or something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just stash it behind this tree, and it'll it'll still be there when I come back."
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's very questionable, or you don't know <laughs> if like somebody else has come along and taken a swig of your yeah. your beverage in <laughs> between. <Yes.
0: laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so if this were a normal year, kind of talk about the energy and excitement that builds up with the Chicago marathon, because yes, it is an international event. You know, it's a, a world um, major marathon, but, but it really also seems like a, um, you know, um, hometown marathon as well. So like, what's it like with so many runners and you get, I always think when you're in a town like that, you get a sense that you're all out there for a common purpose.
2: Oh, de- oh, definitely. Um, it's and I was set to run it this year, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: it was a bummer. But I mean, I kind you you knew it was coming. So mm-hmm. at least there's options for moving forward um, when we're able to race. But there's so many training groups that are local, um, so you get to meet the runners like right in your neighborhood because there's so many neighborhoods within Chicago. So mm-hmm. there's training groups for almost any of the neighborhoods, and then you know like the charity groups and everybody's just running usually the lakefront path um, sometimes some varied routes within grant park to the lakefront path or there's even suburban ones mm-hmm. um and then ever you see everybody with all their pacing signs and everybody's waving at each other like yes we're <laughs> all here together like today's our 16 miler but they do like big events for the 20 miler so everybody oh. starts to really Um, feel connected and even Mm. I would say with social media like Twitter you start to see who else is running and then you're like oh like I'm going to follow them and good job on your run and then at the expo it's like you meet each other and actually talk and become friends I can't tell you how many runners it's like wow now I actually really know you not just (laughs) Twitter know you.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, changing to more of a, a serious topic. Sadly, Chicago is renowned for its gun violence. And I think some runners just perceive cities in general as dangerous places to run. So do you feel safe running in Chicago? And and are there any sort of precautions that you take?
2: So I, I do feel very safe. Um, you know, majority of the time, I think sometimes I have to be almost more cautious about being hit by a car
0: than Mm -hmm. I do about Mm
2: -hmm. anything else and just making sure I have really good um, visual clothing on, especially now that we're starting to move into that darker Mm -hmm. time of year when cars can't see you so well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I can run with my dog. She's very protective, but because she's very protective, she's she's not good with crowds. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I'll grab like a friend early in the morning, especially in the winter, the darker hours, Um, we do have some paths that we've thought about, like when we run early in the morning, if I run midday, I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. And right now with so many people out there, I'm not as worried about it. But in that winter dark time, Mm -hmm. we pick paths with um, more security cameras and kind of set routes and tell, um, tell our families about it. Like just so that that way we know that, okay, there's the security area. Like the Mm -hmm. museum campus has a lot of security cameras. Mm. And the route for me to get to like Soldier Field has a lot of security cameras. So Mm. if you pick a route that has a lot of security cameras, there isn't usually a lot of um, criminal activity going on in those
0: Mm -hmm. areas. Mm -hmm. I'm amazed that you know where the security (laughs) cameras are. I mean, I'm sure here in Portland, I run past security cameras and I don't know where they are.
2: I know, um, and, that, and that might be part of my thing. Like, oh, I know that they're secure. Like, I know it sounds so weird probably for somebody
3: else to think yeah, about. Right.
0: That's, that's what, whenever I watch um, shows set in London, I'm like, is there any place that doesn't have a security camera pointing on it? Like I feel like London just well So it's starting to think I'll, I'll have that same opinion a little bit about parts of Chicago, but um, well, Aubrey, and thank you so much for telling us what it's like to, to be an urban runner. And, um Thank keep finding, keep finding the found change.
2: Oh, absolutely! I found a penny today. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good.
0: All, right, All right, I'll talk to you. Bye bye. Bye bye bye. For our next guest, we'll head out of Chicago to one of the city's western suburbs, Boiling Brook, Illinois. Stacy Johnson is a mom of two teenagers. She works in business development in military construction. Welcome, Stacy.
3: Well, well, thank you for having me. And just a quick clarification because mm-hmm. my whole family still gets it wrong. It's actually Bowling Brook.
0: Bowling Brook. <laughs>
3: yes. It's like I swear it looks like ball, but yeah. Oh. There's no oh. W, but that's how it's pronounced.
0: Oh, interesting. But but is it B O
3: I L? No, B O L.
0: Oh, all right. Okay. All right, very good. Okay, well, I apologize. Bowling Brook. Yes. So very good. All right. Okay. So, um, so well, we know that you, I know that you've been a runner for more than two decades. So give us kind of a synopsis of your evolution as a runner.
3: Well, I ran my very first race in fifth grade. I ran a 10 K oh. and pretty much came in about dead last <laughs> and, um, and then was more of a team sports person in high school. Um, in fact, the slowest runner on the softball team, they recruited a cross country runner to be my pinch runner. And uh, and then in my 20s, just really took up running for fitness and started doing 10 Ks and then ran my first marathon as I was turning 30. And then I would say like late 30s, started getting a lot more serious. And I've set almost all my PRs in my 40s. And now I'm right closing in on 50. <laughs> and those are those are in the rear view now.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. You can set, you can set them for the new decade. And you know, I am a testament, you, you know, you might not get back to quite your PR, but you can still lay down some fast times in your 50s. So, so keep the faith. Okay, um, keep wishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay, so um, while Bolingbrook is technically a village, I did find that out on, um, thanks to Google, um, images I've seen online make it seem very quintessentially suburban. For instance, you live in a planned subdivision. So, so tell us what your neighborhood and surroundings are like, please.
3: Yes, I live in um in a subdivision, like you said it's a smaller one, but typically around here you've got one builder, five models of homes to choose from uh-huh. and um kind of I'm in one that that we had three builders to choose from, so a little crazy there but um <laughs> but yeah, and it's uh not necessarily streets aren't on grids, a lot of them wrap around the subdivision um I've been here about fifteen years, and I feel like I know you know every subdivision within three miles of my house every street on it and i'm a little little crazy people say oh i live here and i'll say what street are you on
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh is it the one that has that flag and then those cute red impatience next to it oh yeah i know that house Uh Uh-huh. yeah yeah (laughs)
3: exactly exactly
0: (laughs) so um so i solicited suburban runners um, trying to find, you know, the right one. It's possible to guess on our Facebook page, as you know. And at first I ruled out anyone who mentioned a running trail. And then I realized that no, that, that such community amenities are becoming more and more common, thankfully. So one reason I chose you as our guest is because of the multi-use path that connects Bowling Brook to other Chicago suburbs. So tell us about that trail, because I guess I'm kind of envious of it.
3: Well, it's interesting because, like you said, I think that is becoming a more popular amenity. And when mm-hmm. we first moved into the subdivision 15 years ago, there was no path that I could run on. I ran all on streets, and um, it was a big initiative around here to connect us to other running paths and in surrounding communities. So I could hypothetically hop on the path that's about a half mile from my house and. I think I could go 40 miles. Wow. Uh, yeah, weaving around. I, of course, don't ever do that on foot. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, there are. Um, there's a lot of green space, uh, probably unfamiliar to you. We have
0: a prairie preserve here. So it's oh, a lot of oh, wild grasses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, please, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm a student of the, the Ingalls family. So I know about prairie and about how we're losing our prairie and and prairie, oh please so tell me more about it tell me yeah more about so
3: it. so my subdivision backs up to that prairie preserve unfortunately we are not a house that has that luxury but you know there are <laughs> signs back there you're not allowed to mow the prairie grass and uh-huh. you know as the year progresses it gets very high and um you know there's pretty wild flowers mm-hmm. i i'm not necessarily a, a scenery viewer i'm oh. just more about convenience and what works well and not running on super congested paths, so I do enjoy those um, running paths.
0: Oh, interesting! So um, that's interesting because when you you sent me a bunch of pictures, as as all the guests did, and it looked like that maybe it's that trail that goes, and it looks like it's right alongside a highway almost so yeah so and I that- would that's a that's
3: a connector section of it and it's actually not a highway that's just um the typical main road around here like a 45 mile an hour two mm-hmm. lane on each side and they put it, it was beautiful what they did they put the running bike path on one side and they put sidewalk on the other side oh, of the street mm-hmm.
0: Nice. So, but um, so but to me that's not super scenic because you got these cars going forty five right next to you. So I guess um, you know how scenic. So so that's I'm intrigued that you say scenery doesn't matter to you. Like, um, talk a little bit more about that. No,
3: like, how- I I actually um, I have a couple running buddies who are birders and they will mm. stop, you know, oh, look, you know, there's some <laughs> unusual bird over on the path and I'm always rolling my eyes like, are you for real? We're in the middle of, you know, some like fast split and I have to stop and admire a bird. So, <laughs> you know, balance each other out. But, um, but there is, there are sections like that and right where I took that photo, um, the path cuts off and goes under that road And there's a river next to it and and it connects down to a whole separate section. So, um, that, that's not typical, that part that you saw.
0: Okay. Cause I was like, Oh, that doesn't seem super appealing to me, but, um, nice. Okay. And
3: and I was going to say, and along the the path, um, there are parks, you know, some, some Mm. restrooms, Mm -hmm. different amenities that you can find in different areas.
0: Nice, nice. Are there, I have to ask, are the restrooms open during the pandemic?
3: Um, they weren't, but they are now.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Um, so other than the trail, do you have set running routes like a 5k loop, a four mile loop, a six mile out and back, or do you just, as um, Dimity might say, free ball your, your runs and your distance?
3: Well, you know, kind of being like a, an old school mother runner um, <laughs> who started back with a, a Timex. Actually, I think I ran my first race with a not even a digital watch. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you carried a pocket a pocket watch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a exactly. sundial. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, no when we we first moved here my husband is a recreational runner as well and um you know that was back I feel like he even mapped out some routes in the car to see how mm, far oh they sure. were been they there are, you that. know then moved up to map my run and uh-huh. then and then moved up to the Garmin so <laughs> there're definitely some known routes they tend to be um, in areas that I don't always run now because back then I ran sidewalk more frequently mm. and, and the options have opened up over the years. So I'm not, um, not as confined to that, but yes, I do. You know, there's a 5k, I can tell you exactly where to go and out and back. Then there's a four mile loop, a five mile loop, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. You know, a clover leaf that I can get 10 in things like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hmm
0: mm-hmm. So, um, so as you alluded to, you eschew sidewalks, um, you're a run in the street kind of gal, which I hardly support that option. Cause that's what I do too. So, so why do you run in the street and, and um, you know, our, our previous guest was talking, saying that, you know, that sometimes that can be tricky. You have to watch out for cars. So talk about what it's like to run in the street in a suburb.
3: Well, I would say it was for a variety of reasons. And mm-hmm. one is um, I'm kind of lazy <laughs> so I like a little bit of a foot dragger, I would say, and when oh. you run on the street, you never have to worry about a sidewalk, you know, that's bulged mm-hmm. up or a tree root mm-hmm. that came through. Mm-hmm. And then I, and I also think when I started, when I had babies and I started pushing a baby jogger around mm-hmm. the street is far easier to navigate. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you live in a, a subdivision, it's pretty easy to, you know, the only traffic in here are people who live here. So mm-hmm. um it's easy to avoid a lot of traffic, and then ultimately it's now become um, saving my knees oh, uh-huh. <laughs> a little just that asphalt is easier on your body than
0: than the sidewalk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so funny. Aubrey and the previous <laughs> guest also mentioned I'm sensing a theme here <laughs> and, and Ellison mentioned saving the knees softer surface so um so when you when switching to um, we mentioned restrooms, so now they they are open. But um, from uh, your response to my call for guests, it sounds like you have everything sussed out for where pit stops could be made along Well, your I runs. just
3: let's just say I'm a little bit known in my running circles for needing a bathroom, okay. and um, <laughs> and I um, and sometimes unexpectedly, you know, needing the bathroom.
0: That's so <laughs> so such a classy way to tell us that. <laughs> thank you
3: <laughs> absolutely so i also on the along with that is i do not like to carry beverages okay and so along with knowing where all the bathrooms are i also know where all the water sources are in the area okay. <laughs> so um and again back to before all the paths connected to my neighborhood um i could tell you um, you know, there's a CVS on the corner. Well, I quickly found out that the bathroom isn't really publicly accessible. You've got to get someone to let you in, so that was off the list. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a, a park that um, has a baseball field. But living in the uh, Chicago area, there they don't have a porta potty out in the winter. So I can <laughs> tell you what date the porta potty gets put in and when it gets removed. <laughs> And then, um, and then I, I think that um, Aubrey was also mentioning places that people don't think about, but you know, not that far down the street, uh, there's a couple grocery stores. Grocery stores always have bathrooms in the front of the store. So you can yeah. sneak right in, use the bathroom. There's usually a water fountain right there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then there's been uh, over the last 10 plus years, there's been a bunch of construction where I live and neighboring subdivisions being built up. And there's yeah. always a porta potty out, and they're
0: and, and they're not and they're not locked because we oftentimes, depending on what neighborhood you're in in Portland, there'll be a padlock on it.
3: No, and having worked in the construction industry, I'm not mm-hmm. scared of a porta potty, so I can tell you that. <laughs> 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 but no, no one locks them, and um, and then it's terrible when you start to know the cleaning
0: cycles of the porta potties. Oh goodness! Oh, Stacy, Stacy, Stacy! You obviously do stop a lot for bathrooms. You're like, oh, hey, it Wednesday they clean that one on Tuesday. Yeah. On-
3: no, there was one um, one day when I I actually there was a crew out working. I tend to run a lot during the day, and I really needed to use the bathroom. And I just said, "Hey, is it is it okay if I use your porta potty?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I won't just be a minute, guys. You get what I'm saying to you. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. That's
3: always been an important feature. So, and you know, the last six months that really put. Um, put some problems into my running world. And mm-hmm. I've really just primarily been running directly from my house and just doing, um, because I don't like to carry aid, you know, like <laughs> the most I'll typically run for is 30, maybe 40 minutes and then circle back oh. and, uh, for a beverage. But I was doing a pretty intense long run this past weekend And I had to use a bathroom and I came in the house and and my 16 year old was in the bathroom I wanted to use. (laughs) So I'm like, you're going to make me go upstairs during my run.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) That's fabulous. Um, So I I was talking to a suburban runner the other day who said they have um, friends in her neighborhood who will leave bottles of cold water out for her on her longer runs or, you know, like people will cheer for or whatever. Do you get any sort of that support from your neighbors?
3: No, I wouldn't say I really look for that. I've Mm -hmm. maybe here or there dropped a piece of uh, clothing at a friend's house, Mm -hmm. like throwing it on the porch or it in the mailbox. But the only thing I will say is I, I, I would guess that everyone in my neighborhood knows who I am. From oh, running yeah. on it. The, they would know me as the runner. But yes. you know, I, I saw him in the neighbor in the grocery store and I could tell he just didn't recognize me at all.
0: <laughs> so, so, we The have, sweat had dried. Your yes. face wasn't quite so red.
3: Uh-huh. Maybe fully clothed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But no, so I, I feel like, um, you know, when you get to know, like, every dog in the neighborhood, everyone who's got a baby in the neighborhood, because you tend to see all the same people out on foot on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to ask every guest, um, do you find change or other detritus on your runs?
3: Well, I hear about you guys talking about change all the time. Uh-huh. And probably I don't find much of anything. But the change okay. that I do find, I almost feel bad. Because I know it's a bus stop, like uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I always picture some little kid you know, or maybe it's a high school or dropping some change, you know, getting uh-huh. on or off the bus. but I did have one really good find. oh, this is probably like 12 years ago, uh-huh. um, because I was uh, it was new to me. I found a Bluetooth uh, headphone piece oh. uh-huh. on a walk, and uh-huh. I kept it, and I used it. It worked great.
0: <laughs> You're so funny. I have found um, perfectly good iPhone dongles, which are you know the little thing that makes it so you can plug your um, uh, yes. your headphones into your into the you know newer models of iPhones. And uh, you know if it hasn't been run over, I'm like, sweet, that's like finding ten dollars. Come on, <laughs> so.
3: absolutely. So no, I just I'm not. The only thing I will say is that um, because I run you know like a lot of loops and hit the same spot, especially recently. I will spot like a dime and you don't really realize it's there until you've passed it. It kind of registers with you what it is. And then I'll think, Oh, I'll catch that on the next loop.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm.
3: of course, it's always still sitting there because it's, you know, a neighborhood. Cause I haven't run by right.
0: it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> see but i think even when you know exactly where that dime is you know it's right next to the wasserman's you know uh, mailbox and you, you come by and it's like wait where'd that go like i, I swear money um is exists in another dimension sometimes and it only comes out occasionally um that's my theory and i'm sticking with it so are there any other aspects of suburban running that you think i haven't touched on or that we need to talk about
3: No, I just, I I listened in when Aubrey was describing city running and I was almost chuckling because it's so different from from (laughs) suburban running. You know, it's just, I feel like I'm I run the streets around here, you know. Like I almost feel like cars should move for me, which is the wrong approach to take. <laughs> and then I'm critical. I saw a dad out running with a baby jogger the other day with headphones on, and I wanted to pull him aside and say, "Hey, you need to be running against traffic, not with the traffic right now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, and I think the other thing, um, one of the beauties is, uh, I spend a lot of time. I do look at people's houses. We were, oh yeah. For example, we were going to get a new front door. And it, that was it. All of a sudden, I started realizing all the different front doors that everyone has. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the home improvements that you can make, or who's got a great yard crew that we might want to hijack.
0: <laughs> right, 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 right. Or, oh, oh, that's a good perennial plant I didn't think of. Yeah, maybe that. Um, yeah, my husband um, loves noticing people's roofs. Like, what? The, and I'm just like, dude, like, that is just so dull. Like, we got to change the topic. So, we, oh, we did that a couple of years ago. So I was doing the same thing. Like, oh, look what color theirs is. I'd never
3: noticed that before. <laughs> And then I do feel like I'm sort of um, a real estate expert in the area because I always know what's for sale. Oh, are you looking in that neighborhood? There's a great house, you know, <laughs> over on such and such streets.
0: Right. right, particularly because if you run, you know, um, like in the evening or before the sun comes up so that people have their lights on, you can be like, oh, and they have such a nicely redone kitchen. Oh, like, you know, because you can see stuff if people have the lights on in their house and it's dark out.
3: <laughs> That's true. Now, I'm not your early morning runner, so I wouldn't yeah. be the first. Who was able to see in? But
0: <laughs> my mother always liked to be the passenger in a car when we would drive at night because she's like, "Oh, I can see inside their houses." She's like, "Oh, it's so rude to pull your curtains." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness! Well, Stacy, thank you so much for telling us about life in suburbia.
3: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. Bye bye. Last but not least is our rural runner. Um, which is easier to say than rural juror. A, a little 30 rock illusion there. Um this is guest is Lisa Reek. Lisa were you gonna say something, Alex? No. Nope. I meant to mute myself. You made the thirty rock
3: <laughs> You made the thirty
0: rock reference and I went nice to myself. <laughs> That's All right. what you heard. Uh- <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. Um, we're going to keep that in there, Alex. Okay. Makes me A laugh. <laughs> rural juror. A rural juror. Still gets me. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Now. Thank you. All right. All right. Lisa Reek is our final guest. Um, she's the mom of two young boys. She and her family live, um, in Painesville, Minnesota. Uh, if her name sounds familiar, it's because Lisa's a repeat guest. She was on episode number 247 about mother runners with non traditional professions. She and her husband work their dairy farm. Glad to have you back on the show, Lisa. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so happy to be here. Good, good. So um, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind folks of our connection, which feels pretty profound to me. We shared uh, miles leapfrogging each other in the 2017 Twin Cities Marathon and then finally ran together for the final few miles of that race. So, um, you know, you're you're a banner bammer in my mind, so I want to remind people of that. Well, thank you.
4: That was a very special race in my mind, um, too. And you know, it is the last marathon that I've run. So, it it definitely sticks in my mind like it they were some awesome miles. Oh
0: good. yeah, yeah, yeah. As we gritted it out to the finish line, which will yes. come soon enough. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so well, your older son crossed a major milestone at the start of the school year this this year, is that right? Yes,
4: he is in preschool now, and so um, yeah, he he goes to preschool every day, and that is is a big change. But I think it's. It's good. I mean, it's it's good for him and especially this school year. I'm super grateful that he can go in person.
0: Yeah. And I'm amazed. Is it right that he takes a school bus home from preschool?
4: Uh, yes. Yep. As as long as they are 4 years old, they um they can ride the school bus home. So
0: I've little... never I've never seen such a thing.
4: Really? Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. A, Maybe just
0: a... Minnesota. I don't know. <laughs> and is it like government run preschool is it like pre-sanctioned pre-k uh no
4: so i mean you you do have to pay for preschool um uh-huh. so it's it it happens at the elementary school so okay. it's oh all right you know it's it's kind of run through community ed so it's part of the district but it's not part of the k-12 education i guess okay
0: okay okay yeah all right so well, that's very exciting nice change in your family life um so give us a refresher course on your running background please Sure,
4: yeah, um, so as a kid, I would definitely say i was I was small and shrimpy, I was not <laughs> athletic um but i I grew up on a farm as as well, I guess, and I had four sisters, and we were always you know always running around outside and doing things, but I just wasn't um I was not good at contact sports, but in seventh grade, um my best friend in high school, she was going out for track. She was a much better athlete than me, but I figured, you know, running isn't too hard, and I should, you know, try a sport, right? And so I thought that potentially um, potentially, I could go out for track, and I, I wasn't really uh, fast enough to be a sprinter, even though that's kind of – where most people fell. And so what I actually did for a few years is I ran hurdles and mm. I still can hardly believe that because I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll see them sometimes. I mean, I don't run on a track very much anymore. I, I like to, so maybe a few times a year I'll, I'll go to the local track and think it'll be fun to do repeats and I'll see the hurdles and I'll think, man, I wonder if I could still <laughs> get over a hurdle. And I, I still haven't had the guts to do it. Cause I'm like, Oh, what if I, you know, twist my ankle or something really stupid. So may, maybe someday, but I, I ran hurdles in high school and then um, kind of became a track dropout just because I wasn't that good at it. I, I mm-hmm. didn't stick with it, you know, through the end of high school, but I, I kind of picked up just a, in appreciation for running, I would say it. Mm-hmm. um, so I'd maybe, you know, do one or two miles here and there. And that's, that's kind of what I did in college. I, I moved to the twin cities for college. And so for four years in St. Paul, I would, you know, maybe do one or two miles mm-hmm. just, just here and there. And at, at that point in life, it didn't occur to me that anybody would actually run outside in the winter in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I didn't, you know, didn't really go out in the winter. But yeah, and I would say when I got more into more into kind of um, focused training and and just kind of um, running as as a practice for myself and something that I enjoyed was when I got married after college, I moved um, to central Minnesota, which is my husband's home area. And I had my own job and I was helping on the farm kind of nights and weekends. And so I didn't really know anybody and I wasn't really meeting anybody. And I just got um, got more plugged into running and, and just realized that I really enjoyed it and, and started racing. And so that was a long explanation of my running <laughs> history. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got more into racing was after college.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so, so what's it like to run in a part of the country where you see way more cows than humans on your runs? Because I have to admit that in the decades since Dimity and I have founded AMR, I've become more and more fascinated with the running experiences of runners in rural areas, because it just seems so foreign to me. Like, to me, that's like, I don't know, running in Tahiti or Tanzania, <laughs> like it's that foreign to me because, I do, you know, we have a lot of Bammers who are in, you know, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Iowa, you know, the, what I consider these farm states. And I'm just like, wow, what would that, what would that be like? So tell us, tell us what that is like.
4: Oh, I mean, I, I really enjoy it. I guess something that I, sometimes I'll think about it, you know, just I'll, I'll be listening to a podcast and people will be talking about, you know, stoplights and the problems with, do I pause my Garmin? Do I not? And that just isn't something, I mean, I I very rarely have to stop for anything. And so I would say just just kind of the the uninterrupted nature of being able to just head out your driveway and you just have miles and miles of roads that uh-huh. are pretty, pretty low traffic, pretty safe. I mean, it's I don't really know if if there's a better way to describe it just then you know there's there's not as many people or houses, and it's it's very rare that I would see another runner Mm -hmm. it's it's happened but maybe like once a year like I will see (laughs) another runner out out on my roads (laughs) you're not exaggerating I mean no it's so if if I actually you know get in my car and drive to like a local bike path I you know might see a cyclist or or some other walkers and runners, but I mean out out on my roads like mm-hmm. I I run there's there's gravel um, about a half mile right from my house, and then I can get on uh, a tar road mm-hmm. kind of and head north or south or you know and and then pretty much every mile you'll have another choice of of a turn. Do you want to go straight or do you want to turn?
0: <laughs> and. <laughs> That's that's what I want to hear about that whole like going a mile without choice. I mean, I have I have choice every, you know, after two houses or after seven houses like Sure. No, it's
4: it's it's definitely different in that way. And for you know, it seems like it might get boring, but I I really don't I don't really think about it. I mean, I I might run the same route like three mornings in a row and it just doesn't it doesn't occur to me to be mm-hmm. unhappy with that but 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 yeah you there's there's occasionally you know there might be like a river or some sort of there's there's things that might break up kind of the natural grid of every mm-hmm. mile there's a road but for the most part that's kind of that's kind of what it is and i mean there's there's a few other people locally that that i know that you know run and they'll run on the highway too but it must be, you know, times don't match up. I don't often see them, but it's probably like a couple times a year, I will see people out on the highway on on oh bikes. Gosh. It's more often that I'd see them on a bike path. But yeah, it's, it's rare yeah. that I see another pedestrian of any sort out on a, a wow. rural country
0: highway. Wow, 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 wow. All right, so so you've already alluded to the surface of the roads you, you run on. You need to talk a little bit about, more about that because that's definitely not, that does not factor into my where to go running here in Portland, you know, like everything's paved.
4: Yeah, um I think so the the you know tar or blacktop on on mm-hmm. the, you know, highways. I mean, that I would think would be very similar to what's in town unless um unless you've got like concrete in town and I know Oh, I think <laughs> one of my first big races was the Fargo marathon and they have a lot of actual like concrete that makes up some of the streets. And so that, that is definitely different. Mm -hmm. And I mean, mean, we don't have that, but it's so tar is kind of tar. And I like to be, I like to be on tar when it comes to gravel. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, I mean, gravel probably isn't the same in all areas of the country because like some places they'll just refer to them as like dirt roads and here they're definitely not dirt. It's, Mm -hmm. It's more, you know, kind of sandy, crushed rock. And if, if it's gravel that there's more traffic on, you, you know, you kind of almost get these, like, indents in the middle of the road. It, because mm-hmm. on a gravel road, unless somebody's coming and you can see them, like, you kind of tend to drive in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you can kind of see that build up. And so every now and then they'll dump fresh gravel and a big road grader kind of you know smooth it out Mm -hmm. and so they they definitely especially after after winter after the freeze when things are thawing they they have to do a lot of work on these gravel roads to kind of keep them you know travelable yeah and so you know if there's fresh gravel they'll I mean there's there's a little bit of a cant, but it's not it's not that noticeable to me um I just oh go ahead and they don't get they don't get
0: muddy right or do they?
4: No, they they really don't get muddy other than, you know, March, April when things are thawing out. If if there's been a lot of frost in the ground, I mean, you might get kind of some soft spots. So, you know, potentially in the spring a little bit, but in general, no. It's it's way different than like, you know, mud on a trail or something. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not generally my shoes don't get too dirty. Oh, if, if that's yeah. a good
0: a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good indication. Yeah. And you wear road shoes, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So when you're deciding whether to turn left or whether to turn right, you also take, have to take into consideration wind, which is, you know, not something everybody thinks about when they're running. So talk a little bit about that or maybe other weather that you have to, you know, I assume that kind of your weather maybe moves a little faster than, than it does in other places.
4: Well, I think, yeah, I mean, wind is such a, like, out on the road, occasionally there'll be patches where there's some trees along the road, but for the most part, it's pretty open, and so I'm always amazed if I go to a bigger city to run a race, like, I'll think it's really windy, but there's all these buildings that block the wind, (laughs) and and, 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 and there's other runners around you, too, and and so it just never seems as bad, but, I mean, out here, especially, like, in winter, if it's cold, I mean, if... If there's a north wind, like I'll just be running probably east and west because mm-hmm. even though it feels good to go south like from from where I live, the road i mean I, I I tend to run more on tar on the highway just because it it just feels easier and there's not like rocks to stumble over so i'll I'll run more on tar and so then my choices are a little more like i've I've got to run out to the tar and it's like if if I want to go not north and south I mean I'm, I'm not explaining this very well <laughs> but it's to me if 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 I've got to go south first and then I'm going to come back north into the wind it's just going to be awful and uh-huh. so I will kind of strategically think about that and in the summer I don't mind the wind too much I mean I'll, I'll run into the wind going uh-huh. either direction um but yeah, definitely in the winter I've I've got to be a little more selective too like the the gravel will get kind of a layer of like thin ice over it. Oh. Like, and so if if there's enough snow, mm-hmm. it'll never really melt down to the gravel whereas the tar they'll they'll treat with, you know, sand and salt and different things. And so unless we just had a storm, mm-hmm. usually within a few days the tar will melt off and you can run on that. But the gravel you need, you know, ice spikes or something on your Mm -hmm. shoes, I would say by Mm -hmm. the middle of winter, pretty much if you're going to run on the gravel and it's fine. You just have to have something
0: on your shoes. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned in an email that you have trail options that you can drive to. So how far are those and what are they like?
4: Um, you know, so trail, I guess I use kind of lightly, um, Real close to me there 's not you know what what trail runners would think of as real trails it 's more you know there's there 's paved and gravel more like bike paths and walking mm-hmm. paths and so usually i 'll do that if I have the stroller um, It just seems like if i'm if i 'm staying like just right in front of my house, I might go for like a little walk run with the stroller out here but you know, in, in five or ten minutes, I can be to a paved bike path, and that seems oh. like a better choice if I've got the stroller. Otherwise, I I really do like to run near bodies of water. It's just mm. very it's, – it's, it's a nice feeling. It's a nice thing to look at. And so within 10, 15 minutes, there's a few different lakes that have some nice. trails and things around them that are more, again, like paved paths, yeah. not, not real trails. But, yeah, and so yeah. I'll – I'll maybe do that too. Like if, if I didn't get in my run in the morning for whatever reason and I have some errand that I need to run and I'm going to be in town, then I'm like, hey, maybe I'll throw my shoes in the back. And e- even mm-hmm. if it's 20 minutes, it's just like nice to, nice to do a run sometimes in, in different
0: surroundings than what are right outside your, your driveway. Exactly, exactly. I think, I think people, no matter where people live, they would say that. Yes, yes. So, so I'm amazed that you have lakes, I guess I shouldn't be since Minnesota is the <laughs> land of 10,000 lakes. But, um, but I think because I think a lot of farm country um, doesn't have all that many bod- bodies of water. So kind of give us um, details on the sites you see on your run, because I just, you know, imagine they're um, vastly different from what I see here in a city.
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, right, right in our area of central Minnesota. I mean, there's there's certainly farm fields, but there's there's a lot of cattle in this area, and so like there's there's grasses, there's alfalfa, it's um you know small grains like wheat and oats and things. It's it's definitely not all corn and soybeans like you might see more in Iowa, Nebraska, and then I mean there's there's a lot of trees. I mean, there's certainly if if I head north on the gravel from my house in maybe four or five miles I can be up at a river Mm. and you you can't get right down to the river but it's I mean that's that's rougher gravel and so I usually don't go that way but you know there's there's a lot of I think there's more livestock and cattle here because again it's it's not the huge flat open kind of crop country more of southern Minnesota and Iowa it's it's, it's got some different topography. And so I'll see, you know, there's, there's a big tree just a few miles from my house and my older son and I call it the eagle tree because there's an mm-hmm. eagle nest up there. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I will see that those, those bald eagles kind of awesome. up there and it just, there's, there's houses. I mean, definitely, you know, every mile stretch, they'll, you know, a couple of different houses or farm places. Um, but you also really see the season's change you know you mm-hmm. notice a lot as the corn is coming up or suddenly you know the grass is greening up and you see you see all of those seasonal changes maybe because that's kind of the main thing to look at you you mm-hmm. really notice them you know
0: mhm mhm well but i also think um you know i Hearing you talk, it does sound, the landscape sounds more diverse than I would have thought. I just imagined it was, you know, just miles and miles and miles of, of corn and, you know, interspersed with some cattle or some cows, you know, that sort of thing. So it, it does sound more diverse. Um, so, but a house only every mile or so, does that, I don't know, that that doesn't kind of bother you that there's so few people around like I don't know it sounds like the setup for like a Steve an opening of a Stephen King novel or something so oh my
4: gosh you know I I really try not to let myself get creeped out like especially (laughs) if I'm running in the dark it's like you you just can't think that way and my my husband jokes that I should bring mace and I I don't really feel any reason to I mean I've probably like the worst wildlife that I've run into is one night in the summer kind of right around dusk, I, I was heading down a road and I see this like stripy tail wiggling around and I'm like, what is that? And it's like a skunk. Uh-huh. And, you know, I I don't know if I kind of slowed to a walk and kept going that way or if I turned around and went the other way, but I, I kept running and, and I was just, you know, a little slower about it, but I, I didn't get sprayed. I mean, I've, I, I think it's more like from from our house, There's there's one neighbor that lives right across the road and I would say within a mile of us, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, four or five other other farm places. And so it's it's not like, you know, oh, you have to go to a mile to get to anybody. I, I, I always bring my phone. I, I mean, that's something that I do do because it's just, uh-huh. you know, if I had a problem, I mean, I, I certainly could be, you know, a mile from from anybody. So yeah. I do bring my phone, but
0: and I don't... Do you get, do you get service? Because I gotta say, I live in the heart of Portland, and I, I don't get very good service here in my basement. So I'm not being a snob by asking. So do no. you get you get service out there? Yeah,
4: yeah, no, I, we, we have really good cell service. It's, I mean, some, some of our farm buildings have like metal roofs. And so it can be kind of a challenge inside of some of the actual barns, Uh but out on the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I have full service virtually anywhere that I would run. So that (laughs) is- Honestly,
0: I bet you have better service than I have. I swear (laughs) it drives
4: me nuts. (laughs) That is funny, but yeah, it doesn't seem to matter. Sometimes you just, I I don't know if it's the buildings that block signal for people or different
0: carriers who knows but thankfully or, yeah, or the use, the, there's too many of us here trying to use it all at the same time whereas you're like yeah no oh. person
4: out here yeah i got all the no, bars that, i need <laughs> that that is probably totally a thing
0: yeah 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 okay so so the ubiquitous question that i am asking every guest do you find change while running on country roads oof have you, you ever know, found change have i ever found change
4: <laughs> i uh, I really don't think so. I mean, when, when I used to live you know, in, in the Twin Cities, I don't even remember finding change. And so I'm just oh. always amazed that, that you find so much change. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's something, I mean, because I, I hear you talk about found change and I have for years, but if I find some, I will make sure to you know send Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Send a picture because no,
0: I have never found change. But, but how about other things? people must drop things like or maybe like parts of trucks drop off I mean <laughs> do you see a lot do you see a lot of used condoms I mean like there's what, what do you see or is there the, the streets are are cl- picked clean is there do you see nah. stuff like- I mean un- unfortunately you know
4: you see litter in the ditches sometimes and if if it's in like our ditches kind of along our stretch I I don't pick up stuff when I'm running because I just yeah I don't know where I put it I mean I'm right I'm not going to carry a trash bag but if, if if there's you know stuff like right in our ditches I'll I'll go back and get it at some point but yeah no you you don't see too much I mean there's there's a minimum maintenance road that I used to run on more and I mean that unfortunately like sometimes people would dump off like a couch or a speaker oh, yeah. mm-hmm. or it just, I mean, it's sort of a less traveled road and I, I have no idea why people think that would be a good idea, but
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm.
4: on, on the main roads, it's like, you're going to, I mean, roadkill, I guess mm-hmm. that would
0: be the <laughs> biggest thing. We, well, yeah, you know, I used to see a lot of those, um those floss, those dental, like little, the little flossy plasticky things. I would see so many of those by the side of the street, but now, said the other day they've been replaced. I see a lot of masks by the side of the road. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for bringing the, the rural running experience to life for us, Lisa. It was fun talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, look, Alex, I think you should chit chat with me. So, <laughs> what, what most surprised you, Alex, about hearing the, um, for me, it was just how diverse the Lisa's running experiences you know i just had a very sameness thought to the rural running so that really brought it to life for me so you know it's like no matter where we're running we're all the same (laughs) That's true. That is true. You know, the differences we think we have aren't, we're not so different, are we? (laughs) Oh, Alex, you're so young yet so sage. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely paying super close attention to everything that each guest said as well. So Good, good, good. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, love the run you're with, Junior. You've probably heard me talk about it a couple times. It kicks off on Monday, September 28th, which is um, this month. Monday, if you're listening to this episode, uh, the weekend it drops, so if you want your kiddos to be a part of that really fun action, it is seven weeks of um, suggested exercise every day, has a culminating event. We're not calling it a race per se, but um, the participants get a bib and a really nifty wooden medal. It's very... um, uh, polished looking. Um, so, but we just had to go a little more earth friendly with the wood. And there is a Facebook page for parents. Uh, there are playlists on Spotify. And we also list out all the songs. Um, Coach Liz waterstrot from our heart and soul and our triathlon. She put together all the workouts and every Monday, there is um, strength training, and she does all those moves with her kids. There's videos. So just, it's very fun, interactive. It'll really um, make your kids feel like they're part of a community and you as well. So if you want any part of that action, go to trainlikeamother.club. Click on the little hamburger menu in the top left and and look under virtual races. Again, that's at trainlikeamother.club. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures, the man who appreciates my 30 rock illusions. Many happy miles.